The following program is rated M-A-L. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. This week on the 5-Minute Warning. Walking on sunshine by Katrina and the waves. One hit wonder. But like AG said, if you can't tap your feet listening to that song, you dead inside. So just understand that, folks. Racism is alive and well and most of all, legal. I'm so all over the place with some of the music I like. And then as I was throwing out songs, like there were some songs that I just knew I'm like, yeah, bombs over Baghdad, easy. But I was like, even though I think that's the greatest hip hop song ever made, that don't really talk about me. And now... The five minute warning. Okay, students, this is your five minute warning. I repeat. Five-minute warning. Silence. This is the five-minute warning with Ruben Brown. Happening right now. Welcome. It's another episode of Five-Minute Warning. Once again, of course, it is me, Ruben. And, of course, we got AG and Moby in the house. How y'all doing today? What's up? How you doing? What's going on? I was was told I was hard on Florida, so I wore my um, international hat for solidarity. (laughs) Uh, by the way, that's a backhanded way of you still being hard on Florida. <laughs> Especially of all the Florida teams, you put the Marlins. I mean, you say that, but out of their professional teams, what other teams? Well, other than recently, Tampa Bay. I mean, Florida, the, the Marlins were the last team that had won a championship. You know? not, that's I mean, not true. I thought Tampa Bay's first championship was after the Marlins. Is that not true? No. Mm-hmm. The Marlins unfortunately won too since Tampa Bay won their last one. Oh, okay. And then on top of that, you know, that would be the that that is the last international team to win because the Blue Jays won, I believe, in ninety two, ninety three. Oh, so so I'm I'm messed up when I say international, but yeah, you I say international that. and I it's all right. Yeah, it's all right when you know. <laughs> see it's his show, see. <laughs> You know, AG, you be reading my mind, dog, because that's exactly what I was about to say. Still his show. I mean, you know, at least for now. No, no, no. no. It's it's your show. show. It's it's always going to be your show. Because see, when I mess up, I'm going to blame you because it's your show. Exactly. I mean, nah, you got to blame yourself if you mess up. No, I actually don't because it's your show. Hey, you know what? I'm not Cuomo, so I'm good. Wow. You know, that's right. I'm going to throw it out there. Cuomo, um, yeah, he got some issues going on. Which one? I mean, you can't yeah. just say Cuomo. Not, not, you, not, that, that, well, see Cuomo the daughter, there. the daughter doesn't have issues. She's just got an alternative no, no, lifestyle. No, daddy, daddy Cuomo. Well, Governor Cuomo. Let's do. That. I'm about to say that. Still, let's say Daddy Cuomo. You still talking about two yeah. public figure Cuomo? Yeah, CNN Cuomo's all right. He'd be funny, but you know, let's just be real. I mean, we're not gonna take any time talking about it. But come on, man, really? Only we, thing I have to we, say about the Cuomos right now is. Polyamorous. Ain't nothing wrong with seeing that Cuomo. He just he be doing his due, but the other dude, you can't be touching little girls and stuff. That's just messed up. Well, he said Alleg- he ain't stepping allegedly. down, so it is what it is. Allegedly. Yeah, you're right. Allegedly. <laughs> I mean, but if you alleged, you already done pretty much in this world. Um, yeah, right. un- unfortunately, that's how the pendulum has swung. Yeah, so I mean, it is what it is, though. Um, and we're here to talk about that guy. That's maybe in a couple weeks when we care about everything else other than what's really going on um you know it's it's crazy man this 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 world is crazy they decide they they're gonna go ahead and do the COVID 19 stuff yay the night 1.9 trillion dollar bill and stuff i mean what i don't understand and this is a very brief discussion i want to get into 
what I don't understand is if there's something to help all the American people, why does one side say yes and the other side says no, regardless of it, it helping everybody? I don't understand that. I'll let Moby handle that one. I mean, you're 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 not wrong because there's always going to be. Look, the Republicans have kind of made it a stance that no matter what, if the Democrats suggest it, we gonna deny it. But there are actual, you know, fiscal conservatives out there who are saying you can't just throw money around to fix the problem because eventually somebody got to pay this money. If you if if the government just throwing out billions of dollars, eventually that money got to come from somewhere. So, I mean, I can understand the people who are like, hey, where's this money? Where's this money coming from that we just giving people? But it's got to be a whole party. Well, as Republicans, we feel like we don't know where this money comes from. But as Democrats, clearly we found the money. So it's just like, well, look, that's, that's kind of been the difference between the Republican Party for the last, you know, some some odd decades like republicans hang their hat on being fiscally conservative which means we don't believe in government giving people money period we believe in collecting taxes and not necessarily giving any of that money back okay but that's that's the interesting part because i feel like there are just as many republicans as there's many democrats who are in bad situations so it's like, yeah, you know, we don't know where this money's coming from, but we're not going to help our people. Well, you see, but one of the Republican founding principles, as they say, they say, is um, they're the party of personal responsibility, which basically means it ain't our problem. It's your problem. So, I mean, most most conservative Republicans are against any type of giving out of money to people. Because okay. they feel like it's personal responsibility. Like, if you're in a financial hole, it's because of something you did. Because the American dream says if you just work hard enough and pick yourself up by the bootstraps, you'll be fine. Now, we know, like, the real world doesn't work that way. But, I mean, that's that's how the American dream is founded upon, that everybody has equal opportunity to make something of themselves. Fair enough. Not my statements. <laughs> I mean... AG, I mean, you're the resident Republican here. No, I mean, everything he's saying is true, and I, and I, I don't, I don't not feel that way. But what's missing is number one, compassion. Republicans in general have a problem with that. I don't, but they still have a problem with that. I think my upbringing was always exactly GOP. Whether my parents, my very Democratic parents, knew that or not. They were preaching GOP to me my entire life. It's like if you find, like Moby said, if you find yourself in a in a bind, there were decisions made by you that got you there. Now, for the most part, that's true, but there's also the stuff you couldn't control, which again, that compassion is not gonna allow for it. Now, what surprises me is what Moby said is definitely an 80s, 90s thing. But what I'm seeing now since the turn of the century is those same Republicans that will preach what Moby said, what I heard all my life, and as a Republican believe in, as soon as they get some trouble, they sound Democratic as hell. 
Oh yeah, you mean like when the banks get in trouble yeah. or when Wall Street exactly. gets in trouble in or when the housing market exactly. crashes? <laughs> because they made decisions that were horrible decisions on every level, not just fiscally, ethically. All of all of them. They were awful decisions. But they got bailed out because they were too big to fail. Well, I think the American people, the largest corporation in America, are too big to fail. Because I promise you, if you don't show compassion to the largest corporation in America, then America will fail or it will be it will turn bad for a while and take that much longer to come back if it ever really comes back the same. So when I think of it like that, I totally agree with what's going on. So again, I'm not one to judge somebody in a way in which I can't pay for. Because if I come out and say everything Moby said, which is absolutely true, and then something happens to me and I'm looking for help, I mean, excuse my French, but that make me a bitch. Yeah, That's hypocrite. what that makes me. Because oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it, it was cool. It was cool when I was judging you. But now that it's me, then I'm looking just like the person I was just judging. I need a hand. I need this, you know, just to make it by until I can do what I can do to get back on my own feet. Because there's no such thing as bootstrapping. No one does it by themselves. No one. So I don't, again, man, there are too many things that can, that can happen that cut both ways. And Republicans nowadays, they talk that talk, but they can't walk that walk. And I don't mean no harm, but bitches. So I'm just, I'm just letting you know. Wow. You know, so that's, that's, it is what it is. You, You have to have compassion in everything that you do because things cut both ways things cut both ways so like i said that well you, you know. said you say you have to but apparently you don't because no they well, don't. what i when i say you have to <laughs> if you want everything to turn out well then you yeah. have to be able to do two things at once you do because i as much as i disagree with with the conservative idea of the world and how much they can't live up to their own hype I'm as upset with people like AOC to say dumb mess out their mouth like, how you gonna charge? How, how are you gonna treat somebody that makes ten million dollars so bad that they can't afford to pay the people they need to pay so we can keep going as a country? That's some old, you know what? That that's not cool either. And she has to under people like her have to understand that there it cuts both ways. If you stop the dude or the woman that goes out and makes decisions and they find themselves in a net worth that's six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 digits, then eventually they're not gonna be able to keep the economy going because they can't afford to pay the people that they employ because you've made it so hard for them to be wealthy. At some point, you have to find somewhere and sit your ass down. At I, some I agree. Point, I agree with that, but unfortunately, um, people with money don't generally make money by giving it to others. So all of the all of the rules in place that should be um, put in place so people with money can you know take care of the people 
who work for them, that generally doesn't happen. Think about like all the small business loan bailout that happened where half of them didn't actually go to small business. They went to shell corporations because people at the top found loopholes. So, I mean, once again, you're right. It cuts both ways. But the problem is like people suck. Well, I realize people, that. Pe people aren't good. So when people get money, the one thing the millionaires don't want to do is give other people money. No, I realize what you're saying. <laughs> and what you're saying is true. But I'm not talking about the real world because everything I'm saying is never, ever going to happen. Oh, yeah. Ever. And that I'm talking about something that you should do. And I'm creating my own vacuum to answer the question. Because there's always going to be the AOCs that, that of the world that resent me because I've made money. And there's always going to be people out there that have made money that don't want to give any money. And as long as those people are there, we're always going to be at a stalemate. The, the, the divide between the rich and the poor will continue to spread. And it'll just keep getting worse. That's what human beings do. But in a perfect vacuum, the GOP can survive and ethically by making money, small government, with compassion. People on the other side of the fence can, you know, do what they need to do. Take a little GOP with a little de de uh, Democrat and do it and, and make the whole thing work. Otherwise, we are what we are in reality. Everything I said is in a vacuum. That is never going to happen what I said. I'm answering a question thinking this is what could happen if you did certain things. Period. Because there's nothing wrong with making thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year and doing your thing, and there's nothing wrong with being a billionaire. But there's a whole lot wrong on both sides, and no one wants to say that they're wrong. Especially, like Moby said, especially people that got the power, they win it. If you if you got a billion dollars, you win it. You ain't got to do nothing. So it is what it is. But it's not going to get any better. It's just going to get worse. Yeah. No matter who's in charge. Because we're because yeah. like he said, I mean, as eloquently as you can say it, people suck. Moco Cowboy says it's pretty easy to be the opposition conservative party because all they have to do is say no. Yeah, just but both sides can say no. Um, um, KB Yakko is like the Republicans spent more money last four years in most presidential terms, and they all that they almost added as much to the debt as President Obama in four years instead of eight, which, yeah, is very important. And you know, we just got another 1.9 trillion dollars added down, so I mean, you know. We just in debt. It is what it is, man. Yeah. But if the, if the debt, at least at this point in time, the question would be, this debt should solve, will hopefully solve part of the problem. Now, how we come back from that is going to be how we are judged as a country. Well, that's um, an entire show. Yep. So, and which we're not going to talk about today. <laughs> but um, I want to go ahead and let everybody know that. If you're watching us on Twitch, thank you. You watch us on Facebook, thank you. Um, we got some new handles down there for our Twitter accounts, our Instagram accounts, even our Twitch accounts. And as of today, we did also activate a YouTube page. And starting next week, we will be broadcasting on that on Sundays as well. So there are more ways to find Five Minute Warning. Or if you didn't, or if you missed us on Sunday, every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, there's another way to find us. Um, so the the uh, the one thing I want to talk about today is probably the story that's been kind of running through everywhere. I've seen it in multiple places. I mean, we got a kid in Baltimore who passed three classes in four years, and 
somehow he ranks near the top half of his class with a 0.13 GPA. That's right. I said 0.0.13 GPA. So quick, I guess. Basically, his kid is like 17 years old. He's a quote unquote senior or he's senior age in high school. He's only passed three classes. And mom was like, well, I didn't know. And I'm like, bruh, how you didn't know? But, you know, mom works three jobs and put food on the table and try to do the best she can. And what I don't want to do, I want to talk about it a little bit, but what I don't want to do, I don't want to bash anybody. Um, I Because it's easy to bash mom for just not paying attention. I mean, let's just be real. It's easy to, it's easy to bash the kid because he either is not doing what he should be doing or he needs help. It is easy to bash the school system because how did they allow this to happen? Because clearly they kept moving him from grade upon grade. And literally, let me repeat this one more time. In four years... This child has passed three classes. Local now, Cowboys like is the kid's special needs. No. Now, the kid is not special needs. He's just lazy. Yeah, I'm just well, I'm, we, don't, we, don't, we don't know the we kid. We don't know that. We, we don't, don't know, know the, the kid. kid. You're right. That's <laughs> fair. And it's so, I, I see it's very hard for us to, it's hard to sit here and blame one person. To me, you blame all three co- collectively because if if this child went from ninth grade went from 14 years old to 17 years old and they only passed three classes then they still should be in the ninth grade but they're not so which means the school system did its due diligence to push the child which who is that helping nobody it ain't helping anybody whatsoever. So instead of looking at the situation and really just throwing blame out there like Oprah gives away cars, because in this situation you can. What what could be done to fix this problem? And I think that's why I want us to talk about for a little bit, because I feel like we're always wanting to throw blame and all this other stuff. Why why don't we try to help Baltimore give them a solution or two? As if they're listening. Okay, um, let, let me go first. Let me help yeah, you because I want to get myself out of the way because this is a non-issue for me. I'm going to say one thing and it'll be the it for me. Life is a performance-driven business. I don't care where you want to put that, but that is what it is. So I'm done. It's like a performance car. You got to drive it until you get to where you cross the finish line, right? Something. If, if, if Something. So, I mean, all I'm right. not going to play the blame game at all because I think you're right. But somebody's got to do something because if one person does anything, then we're not even talking about this. One person. If one party is doing anything, then we're not even really talking about this. So. Okay. Moby, uh, what do you think? It ain't about blame. It's about responsibility. And the truth of the matter is there were three parties and nobody wanted to take responsibility. The school didn't take responsibility because 
how you fail algebra one, geometry, and algebra two? How did you even get to the next ones if you had failed them? Like, because essentially, if you fail algebra one, and then two years later you failed algebra two, you were set up to fail algebra two because you had never passed algebra one. I mean, that's, and I mean, the kid had missed so many days of school. So when I go to responsibility, that goes back to the parent. But it also goes back to him because at 14 years old, like you knew you won't pass in classes. So when the mom says, I didn't know, yeah, it's her job to know. It's also his job to to know too, because he couldn't possibly have thought, oh, well, I'm I'm going to graduate. I, I, I passed three classes. I'm going to graduate. I mean, it, it, they, they made that whole, that old statement. It takes a village. Well, I mean, the reason it takes a village is because everybody has a role or responsibility and if one person drops the ball somebody else can somebody else can pick up the slack but the problem is we live in a society where we want to blame before we take responsibility so everybody involved wants to blame the next person as opposed to taking response like i would have felt so much better about the mom if she would have been like I didn't know, and that's my fault. I've been so busy with work and everything else that I failed him. And I would love for him to be like, yo, I failed because I knew I wasn't passing and I never sought help. I let the school push me. And the school, I mean, look, the school is overpopulated, underfunded, and truthfully, they just want to get rid of kids. Like, that's the system we've built so there's enough blame to go around the problem is who the hell gonna take responsibility like who who's gonna hold themselves accountable in this situation because reading that whole story i didn't see not one person take any bit of accountability the school didn't take any accountability the mom ain't take accountability and i mean we ain't hear from the son but i know he didn't take accountability he ain't taking no accountability for three years yeah i mean and to be honest then um, in the article, they moved him to an accelerated school. The, dude, the kid's 17. How about we just go ahead and let him get his GED? Let him work for a year to get his GED. So at the very least, when he turns 18, he has a chance. They're talking about him graduating at 22 or 23 from high school. What? You see, but you, you're talking about him telling him to get his GED as if he has the tools to even start the process of getting your GED. Well, because I, because if he ain't passed for three classes, I mean, we don't know what level he's reading at. We don't know what, what level math he's processing. Like to say, let's get a GED. It might take him two or three years to be able to pass the GED. So, I mean, the accelerated school thing is might be the best thing because they just go at school at your own pace and they push you through once you pass different criteria for classes so you saying it could be 22 but it could realistically be 20 21 could be 19 if he if he ain't stupid he's just lazy i mean like look that's the best case scenario the best case scenario is he ain't stupid he just lazy and ain't been going to school for whatever reason well it, it article it does say if our son works hard he could graduate by 2023 and i mean if because literally he has to take all those classes over whereas at least if you're doing a ged you know you're kind of getting proficient in stuff more like a six-week type of thing instead what? of like a semester type of thing. You I mean, gotta, I understand. You got to be on a level to start that. <laughs> I mean, 
I guess it doesn't really, to me, it doesn't really matter what level he's on because he's either on ninth grade level or he's on ninth grade level. See, but that's the thing. You don't even know if he's on ninth grade level for real because we don't know if, if he's been pushed through in high school, who knows what middle school was like? Yeah, but I just, I guess my thing is I can't imagine, I can't imagine him being 20 plus years old, still in school and mentally wanting to do it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because 20, I mean, it's, yeah, you're right. It's two years from now. So, yeah, he two years, different, you know? And I guess this school set up for more of adults type of deal. Um, You know, so maybe they'll come at him a little differently. But I guess my thing is, I just want him, me personally, I want him to to be able to move his way through it learn get his get whether it's a ged or his diploma or whatever as soon as possible the best way possible and i think at least i would definitely say of all the things that's going on that's probably the one thing that's being done right right now that he's in an accelerated school so i mean i wish the best for him um i just hope that we can i hope this is the only time this happens even though it's not this is the only one we know about so i hope that other schools and school systems can learn from this and be like yo that can't be us we need to make some things happen you know that's that's my thought process and and the big thing before we move on this is one kid we talk about he's in Eh. the top third of his class so that means there's way more kids in this school in a worse situation he's in the top third of his class that means there's 67 percent of the people that are in his class that have passed less than three classes i mean and this is see ooh, this is a very long conversation that we can't get into today um you know that's my thing on education man and it's just you know bruh you just gotta go to summer school bruh i mean your your life has changed you know you had the opportunity to go through you know as best you can normally but now i mean this is your time to come up and be like if if he wants to do it he can do it and make it happen and i only hope that mom and the new school will give him the positive vibes for him to make that happen for himself and if that's the case you know awesome um yeah it's, it's about support at this point you know because he needs it mom needs it the school needs it um as far as stuff um e-money 757 yeah nobody wants to take ownership man i mean the whole article talks about nobody want to take ownership and it's just as moby said it's the most disgusting thing ever um you know moco cowboy at least the school was honest they could have swept him under the rug like many other they really did sweep him under the rug i mean I don't. Yeah, they, they've been honest like almost four years later. Yeah, I mean, that's they, because they, there's no way to hide it now. <laughs> they honest because they got caught. <laughs> they honest because there's an article for us to talk about right now. You know, so that's why they're honest. And I mean, um, yep, right. E money. Most of this stuff needs to be made public so it can be easier to learn to. And see, that's the issue that I have with education, like public education, and the fact that as a country we are not supporting public education 
the way we should. And this is why me and Betsy DeVos didn't get along because she wanted to move all the money to charter schools for those kids, you know, and as a person who grew up and went through and graduated from a public high school who I feel like I am pretty intelligent because of it, you know, um, I thought it was, yeah, I, I thought it was, I think it's insane for us to stop putting money in public schools the way we're doing now. And, and I mean, you said you saw, I've seen this story on the internet too. Yeah. But um, I haven't heard this on any news source. Not at all. Any news source. And I watch CNN, I watch local news. Not one place have I seen anybody even gloss over this story. Not, 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 a, not a bit. Which is, which is even more annoying. All right. So hopefully in a, hopefully in a month or so, we'll get an update, see what's going on with that. But if we don't, all I can say is we got to make sure, um, you know, we educate our kids and whether you have children or not, make sure that your public educational system is doing what they should be doing. And I got to respond to E-Money's comment because he said, why do you think the story wasn't made public? Because it's black people. Point blank. Because and it, it's not it's not sexy on CNN or the news like it would alarm some people. But let's be honest, a lot of people would A, blame the kid, blame the parents. So I don't know if putting it on the news would be the best avenue because then you're just going to get a whole bunch of blame and not enough like alarm and productive things. Like I would love it to be publicized because I think I want to believe that people are smart enough to realize that if he's in the top third of his class, the school as a whole is failing, not just this one family. But unfortunately, I don't believe in the media enough to portray it that way. I think it would just turn into why did this kid fall through the the, the cracks as opposed to why is everybody in this school failing? Because literally everybody in this school failed. Yeah. I mean, and then I guess where I found the article, it was on the local news website. So it's not a national news thing yet. However, after I found it, I did see it start popping up in other places. So it's making its way there. You know, it's just, you know, um, yeah, it's just not, it's not there yet. And it could be there next week or it could never get there. You know, and yes, uh, E-Money. So on the real, the teachers and school systems are not the same it was 20 years ago. <laughs> Hell no. Not at all. <laughs> not at all hell no <laughs> everybody everybody's underpaid and you have some people who care but then you have some people who just want to get their student loans taken care of and then you just have some people who just need a job and don't care and so I'm, I'm glad you you pointed everything to the school but if the truth of the matter is the kids ain't right before they get to the school because I mean, it, it starts in the house <laughs> and you know I wanted to say that but I don't have kids so I don't feel like I have the right to say that but <laughs> you are very true it starts at home and if your home ain't, ain't right your school ain't right and it's just what it is it's not it's it's not um, it is noticeable that regardless of your black white Puerto Rican or Asian if you have a good home your kids for the most part go to school and learn because you know they do things that help like weapons and all that and whatever well, it's, account it's accountability accountability if there's accountability at home it's easier for it to take place when they leave the home 
and there ain't no accountability at home you can't expect the school to be able to enforce that and that's burger from a true parent <laughs> he's the only parent on this board <laughs> so you know i know my parents gave me a, their accountability my ass so <laughs> i mean <laughs> that's all i can say man that's all i can say um five minute warning yeah i was you know hopefully we talk hopefully this comes up in the world so somebody else can talk about it too um and yes zip code does matter you know but i guess my thought is your zip code may matter but if your home still terrible you could be in the greatest place ever and go to school and do a whole bunch of nothing so um it's my five time you know today we got a special my five you know we're gonna talk you're gonna learn a little bit about us today and how we do our things so i guess the best thing to say is what we've done is we have picked five songs that tell about us now um you know we'll we'll tell you the songs obviously we'll explain why it is about us and we're just kind of curious out there if you have five songs about you that you want to talk about feel free to write them in the chat we'll talk about it but um yeah so this harder than, it's harder than five. you think because Yo, it, ain't oh, your, yeah. it ain't your five favorite songs they're five songs that describe you yes Hey, you know what, Dre? That Never Scared actually was on my tournament of songs because I had to make a little bracket to get to my five songs. And that actually was one of them. I saw that. (laughs) When it popped up, I was like, that's funny. AG, man, we haven't heard you too much today. Let's start. Yeah, you hadn't heard me too much because I said what I was going to say about that was stupid. (laughs) I didn't feel the need to go on and on about something stupid. Life is a performance-driven business, y'all. Just saying, guys, somebody got to do something. Anyway... My five, I'm going to start out with, uh, now, wait a minute. So when I say a song, I got to tell, I, I am telling people why I picked it, right? Yeah, I mean, that's cool. And and I mean, full disclosure, usually when we do the my five, we have no idea what the five things that everybody else picked is. This time is different. We've known for a couple of days. And like, to be honest, like when I listen to the songs that, you know, Ruben and AG pick like it actually I, I thought both of y'all picked songs that perfectly describe you and when we get to yours AG especially especially that Tel Aviv song yeah That's, that Tel Aviv song <laughs> I listened to that on the way to uh, home from work the other day, uh, yesterday I was like that is heat I'm just waiting for somebody to Jay Dilla that one anyway, <laughs> anyway. Okay. so yeah go for it man so my first one is uh now I had it like Moby said it was really hard because I had to steer clear of things that I like and try to get things about my personality that somebody wrote a song about. And I have to credit my wife Lauren for this because she's the one that actually did all of it. Because I said, look, Moby talking <laughs> that foolishness. And now he done gave me some damn homework. Ain't nobody got time for that. So I was like, okay, what is it about me? Because you look at me so you know what you're looking at and then try to match a song. And it took her a minute because she goes for the stuff that I like. I said, no, that's not what the assignment was. But in this particular situation, a lot of the ones that were picked are songs that I like, but they do kind of refer to who I am or who I was trying to be, who I am trying to be. The first one is Bon Jovi, It's My Life. Now, it's my life. And we gotta get you singing. I knew it was gonna happen. (laughs) I just knew it was gonna happen. 
sorry. It's all good. It's your show. So the thing about that song is that's a song about personal responsibility as far as I'm concerned. And again, that's so funny because that when I was like, that was when I heard it, I'm like, yep, that fits in perfect. I'm like, all about personal responsibility. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you might need, again, there's nothing wrong with a helping hand, but you have to position yourself to get help. And then once you get help, it's about that grind. If there's something you want, go get it and shut your hole. It's that That's simple. Right. It's Ooh. that simple. And then you can tell people, yo, I'm doing this. However, if you never do anything, you don't get to say any of that. You get to find some ways to that. So that's that's what I get from that song. The second one is um, Metallica. Nothing else matters. Probably the, one of the best songs that ever did. First ballad they ever did. Best production they ever did. And the one in that album, the Black album in general, is the first time they really, really wrote songs. So the thing about this one is, it's all about my wife. That relationship is the greatest earthly relationship that I have, bar none. Love my dad, but he ain't my wife. Love my mom and stepmom. They ain't Lauren. Ain't never gonna be her. And everything I do is built around her. Everything I do orbits around that son. So that song kind of puts that in a way in which refers to me musically and lyrically. So the next one I bet she real red right now. Oh, she's loving it, bro. And I thought that I thought that was an interesting choice too, because when I saw Metallica, and then I was like, man, you out of all the rock hard songs you could have picked, you picked the ballad Metallica. Well, I'm telling you, man, it's, <laughs> telling you, it's the first time because see, they had never written a ballad before, and when they did it, they killed it. I mean, from a, I'm all, I'm talking about yeah. when you're riffing on your guitar. I'm about to say like the 45 second just intro to it. Just, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the production, the performances, the songwriting, Beautiful. everything on that song, actually everything on that record was perfect. It's the first time because after and justice for all, they were never that Metallica again. So yeah. that song in particular speaks to my wife and everything I got. I can't mention a list about my personal life and not mention her. And that's just a beautiful song itself. It is. It is. I think some sometimes the rock and roll gets in the way, but if you strip that down, oh yeah, to chords and in a vocal, yo, heat. This is just beautiful song. Heat. The next one, Lauren picked out in particular is called "You Gotta Be." Again, one of those call to call to action type songs. If you want to be something, be it, man. I, and it's one of the catchiest nothing. songs, huh? It's one of the catchiest songs too, because when, when when it plays, man, it stay in your head forever. Exactly, exactly. Because this is this song came out in like '94, '93, '94, yo. But it speaks to that part of me that's just like, if you want something done, go get then it. Then what are you waiting for? Get off your ass and get it done. It's that simple. If you if you gonna talk about it and not be about it, then you that bitch I was talking about at the first of the show. So man, two on the two in the episode. Go. I was like, yeah, man, you know, laid that B word down twice. Y'all usually y'all usually get on me. <laughs> hey man, and you know what? Shout out to my dad. If he hears this, he will be disappointed, but I'm just letting you know. I'm just letting you know. He won't he probably will never listen to the show, but I but I do want to let him know that I'm sorry, but some things call for certain language. So for me, again, if there's something out there that you want, money, relationship, anything in between. It's your job to go get it. 
It's that simple. The next one is Tel Aviv. Now, I've been a Duran Duran fan since 80, 82. And I can't, I was a Duran Duran fan when I was kind of a bandwagon dude because I had to go from Rio and then go backwards a record. Because at that point, they only had two records out and Rio was uh, Rio was the second one. So when I when I really, really got in, obviously I got into it because of a girl, but that's not even really beside the point. I had to just non-disclosure. So I'm listening to this and listening to this, and then I'm like, okay, well, let me go back to this first record people keep tripping about because I've already worn out the grooves, and yes, it was a record I have dated myself, but I wore the grooves out in Rio, so I went back and got Duran 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 Duran. So I listened to the first track, Heat. I was like, okay. Second track, third track, fourth track. And then I got to the last one. And I was like, okay. Then I was like, okay. Then I was like, oh, shiznit. What in the world? Man, Tel Aviv is a song that lit something in me that I didn't know was there, which was a love for Middle Eastern chord progressions and scales. It's a beautiful language musically. It always was and always will be. And that song to me is a pres it's presented to me in a way in which I can understand it. And every time I hear it, it's like fire. And it's this has been 40 years at this point, actually 39, since I heard it the first time. And it's fire every time I hear it. And it made me love my wife a little more because we had never talked about Duran Duran. She's a little bit more top shelf with her music, a little bit old school, a little bit, a lot of Motown. So when she was like, oh, that's my favorite song. I was like, girl, I love you, girl. So just saying, that's a, that's a great tune. I just thought it was fitting that the engineer of this show would pick pretty much the instrumental. Just, as one as, <laughs> it's beautiful, man. It's all about what they don't say. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And the last one is uh, Walking on Sunshine, because I think I'm just pretty much a happy guy. Sometimes I don't seem that way because I don't say too much. Um, and then I've been told that I can scowl. But at the same time, it's like, if you can't at least tap your foot for that song, there is something broken in you that needs to be repaired. So that's it, it y'all. It, it, it is one of them catchy songs, man. Awesome. Man, I... I, I I feel good that I know about my cousin and it all makes sense. So yeah, when, when, when I saw that list, I was like, yeah, that, that list, that fits. And what what's crazy about this is like, we all have such different musical taste. Oh yeah. But it's weird how our musical tastes do still overlap. Yep. yep. Like, even though like, I'm not, I'm not a big on the genre of music that you listen to ag like all the stuff that you listen that you say i'm like yeah i've heard that and it's hot <laughs> yep sometimes it gets you man no matter what you like sometimes you listen to somebody else's stuff and be like wait a minute okay all right i see you so yeah i do understand that because i well, I ain't gonna say you I, i'll wait till you say yours because i have some questions about yours <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah i mean i'll go ahead and talk now because he's up moby you're fine bro okay so um yeah i'll mine was really hard for me because like i'm so all over the place with some of the music i like and then as i was throwing out songs like there were some songs that i just knew i'm like yeah bombs over baghdad easy but i was like even though i think that's the greatest hip-hop song ever made that don't really talk about me 
And I was like, ah, man, so this was difficult. So I went back in time and I worked my way. <laughs> I kind of worked my way up to my adulthood through my music. So the first one is the one that y'all were surprised when y'all saw, which which is weird because I've known you for too long, Ruben, for you not to know this. But first song is Full Force, Ain't My Type of Hype. Now, a lot of people may not know what that song is. So I can explain it so that most people who are at least 30 over will know. It's the song that was playing in House Party 1 when they had the dance scene. So Ain't My Type of Hype. Um, first of all, I love Full Force. And shout out to my cousin Aaron. Like we were kid and play, like the embodiment of it. We could do the whole scene dance wise. And the older I am, the more I think about how our lives have paralleled like kid and play because I was the the goofy, um, super light skin, high top fade, you know, won't won't necessarily the ladies man, but I was charming, you know what I'm saying? I was charming. And you know, my cousin Aaron, I thought like when I was younger. I, there was nobody in the world that you could convince me was smoother than my cousin Aaron when it came to the ladies. And now we get older and like it's like our lives are parallel because if you don't know, in real life, play is like Baptist, preacher. And then my cousin Aaron, deacon. I'm just like, man, our lives have just parallel. You look at kid. He's a comedian. He be dropping F-bombs and stuff all the time. You're like, man, you were the, you were the good one. What happened? And yeah, so that's kind of our parallels, you know. <laughs> you were the good one. What happened? Is that light skin privilege again? You were the good one? Come on, man. I mean, look, my cousin Aaron ain't exactly dark, but I mean. No, he's not. He ain't exactly dark, but I mean, I would say he probably had more dark skin tendencies than me. Okay. Well, actually, but, I'm glad that you brought up this one first. I'm glad you went in order because I listened to this song three times on the way home the other night. <laughs> First of all, I was, like I said, I was kid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was Shout a good out picture. to Moby. That was a good picture, picture, man. That was a good picture. <laughs> I Shout was kid. <laughs> but the song wow. is like, ain't my type of height. But all the lyrics that I heard was this girl was fine. Yeah. And I'm like, well, are you saying that you're gay? Because you're not saying the girl, something wrong with the girl. But well, then you no, like, ain't my type of hype, so help me understand. Because she she wasn't there mentally. That's why he said, act yeah. your age and not the size of the pants you wear. Yeah, okay, so tight. So, okay. yeah, so she she was fine, but you know, ain't Got my it. type of hype. Okay, well, that wasn't <laughs> in the hook. I had to, because I couldn't read the lyrics and drive. So I was really yeah. having a hard time understanding. And it was like, okay, now I get it. Never mind. So, bas so basically, it. he's saying, girl, you may be fine. But if you dumb, I ain't messing with you. Exactly. Ain't my, ain't my type of hype. I got it. That, <laughs> Thank you for that because I was whole, totally confused. That's what the whole song's about. I was it totally is. confused. <laughs> totally confused. Okay. Because that's because ah, uh, dang it. Never mind. Continue. I had All something right. and I lost it. My second song is actually my daughter brought it up because um, which is crazy how she remembered, but years ago we were driving down the street and you know my playlist was coming up and this song came up which is totally not necessarily my genre but it's green day time of your life and it's one of my favorite songs ever because it's kind of how i i've navigated through growing up getting older um it's kind of how i look at life um basically like the, the song is just it's just a dope growing up song 
you know, you you, ha- you you formulate all these memories, but you know, life keeps moving. And I've just always loved the f- song. So I'm just like, if you listen to that song, like you're getting a glimpse on how I kind of look at life. And, you know, she brought it up. She was like, what about that song? And I was like, you're right, that, that song fits. So my 10 year old, you know, helped me with my list. <laughs> she knows you better than you think. And, and that song, when she heard that, she was like five or six. Cause this is when she was in her plain white tea era. Cause she she loved that group. Gosh, she loved that group. I remember that. G- granted, she's grown up to Bruno Mars now, so I guess I guess she's evolved musically. <laughs> I hear the sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Bruno Mars. I think he's the most talented dude, like in music, to be honest. But um, so my third song now, Virginia is my home. I have lived in Virginia longer than I've lived anywhere else. But anyone who knows me knows that I am from Georgia. Like, <laughs> yes. So, no Pastor Troy, that. Pastor Troy, no more playing GA. Like, as I used to tell people when I when I first moved to Virginia, or now that I'm older, I tell people I was from Georgia before it was cool. Because you know, the early two thousand, the Atlanta hip hop scene came up, and it was it was cool all of a sudden. But I was from Georgia before it was cool. And Pastor Troy, maybe maybe a lot of people don't think he's made it as an artist. People don't consider him a down south legend. But if you've ever gone to a University of Georgia football game and you've seen seventy thousand people in the stands and about sixty five thousand of them are white, and Pastor Troy comes on, and they all getting hype. I looked around that stadium and I was like, yep, Pastor Troy made it. These white people don't know who Pastor Troy is, but they, every Saturday, his no song gets sampled. <laughs> yeah, he's true. That, that, that play is crazy. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, is this backwards day? Yeah, like basically he's like, yo, don't none of y'all know what this song about. But they were hype. <laughs> Everybody was singing and everything. I was like, whoa, what the hell? Oh, 65,000 white people saying we ready. I'm just like, wow, that's we ready. <laughs> I was like, what? We hey, about man. to get lynched up here. I like um, I like that song too. I heard I listened to your whole list and I heard I love that, that, I song, heard that. I, I still listen to that song. <laughs> the only thing that bothered me about it was I couldn't hear the lyrics over the gunshots. Yeah, I mean the look, mix was bad. I was like, dude, you gotta I gotta hear what he's saying. It's just like gunshots through the whole song, but I couldn't hear what he's saying. Look, man, they were they were low budget, man. They didn't have top <laughs> they didn't have you producing, man. Well, no, nah, <laughs> you, you know what? Moby, I appreciate that, but I can't take that compliment from you because I'm just I'm just merely talking about pushing up the fader, man. That's AG, all I'm it won't for about. us, man. Huh? It won't for us. It won't for us, AG. <laughs> I love you, man, but that song won't for us. That's that's why. That's why you couldn't hear stuff over the gunshots. Is that why? Okay. Yeah, because I know every word of that song. Because I can't hear stuff over the gunshots either. <laughs> and yeah, man, it won't for us. Okay, so it wasn't just me then. Okay. No, 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 no. It won't for us. Okay, because I listened to it like three or four times, and I was like, I can't look at my phone right now. I want to know what he's saying. I can make out some stuff, but I but overall, barely... I mean, the beat is hot, though. The beat is hot, for real. Yeah, I barely know what to do say it. So, I mean, nah, that's, that won't for us, AG. Won't for you. It's all right. I but mean, yeah. it's cool. I'm fine with it. Okay. It just won't, it won't for us. Okay. Yeah, it won't Understood. for us. Understood. But actually, I can't wait for Moby to get to the next one because I got something to say. Well, uh, see, I'm going to do that one. That's going to be last because the okay. next one is going to be Timberland and Magoo up jumps the boogie. Because like I said, 
I'm from Virginia. So musically, when I moved out of Virginia, like I was still listening to pretty much all the stuff I was listening to before. But, you know, then, then there became a time when Virginia was the hot scene. And I felt like Up Jumps the Boogie was like, it's like basically the acknowledgement that, yeah, Virginia is pretty much my home. You got Timberland and Magoo. Magoo, who I think he's a a very slept on rapper. I thought Magoo was a decent rapper and everybody clowned him all the time. But if that song don't make you feel good, and when you're from Virginia, when that song comes on, and you got Aaliyah's vocals on it. Like, I just, I don't know who you are as a person. Because when that song come on, I just feel good. Yeah, it's a, it's cool getting a shout out because he was talking about my, my other house in VA. I, I was like, okay, <laughs> I hear you, brother. Because I know where he's from, but, it's, you know, to still get that shout out is kind of cool. So I do understand. Yeah. Well, so the last song is, and I, it was so hard for me not to have, like, this whole list full of outcasts and, and Goody Mob and all the Southern people. So... Sleepy Brown made a song called Can't Wait featuring Outkast. And the reason I picked this song is because primarily because of the music, because I feel like that fits me because it's such an old school sound with Sleepy Brown singing over. And anybody who knows me, I'm such an old soul when it comes to music. But Andre 3000's verse is literally kind of how I look at life. Like everything, like he tackled so many issues about how I look at life in that one verse. Like how I look at women, how I look at growing up being from the South. Like he tackles all of that in the verse. So I was just, every time I hear that song, I'm just thinking like I could have wrote that song if I was smarter. Because he he was so, his I think it's one of his best verses, which is hard because I think he has so many great verses. I think that's one of his best verses of all time. And if I wanted somebody to know how I think about most things in life, I would say, just listen to that verse and you'll, you'll pretty much have me figured out. I caught that. I did. I, I listened to that whole thing. I, I was listening to it a lot because that, that song is fire. But the biggest yes. thing I want to say about it, number one, whoever mixed that, oh my God. Hot, hot. Because you got, you got a guy Wasn't that- Wasn't that organized you, noise? Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, actually, it's not organized noise. Well, well they 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 were executive producer, but they they cut that sample from it's like two or three different samples in there. Oh, okay, okay, I get that. But I'm just okay. saying the beat was there, and you can feel it in your chest even at low volumes. But the idea that a guy that was rapping at a whisper talking about uh, Andre 3000, and yeah. you could still make out what he was saying, the use of compression and EQ. Oh my God, I'm like, who mixed this? And plus, it was fire. I was like, man. And then, then, Sleepy Brown gave out a shot, gave a shout out to Megadeth. I was like, yes. yo. I was like, this is all <laughs> I needed to hear. I was through in. I was like, come on, y'all, for real. Dope song. Yeah, but Dope Andre song. 3000's verse is like it how was. I look at life. When 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 I cuddle mine, she ain't even trying to look sexy. But even if she was, so what? Motherfucker, grow up. Don't mean to be so abrupt. But that lets me know that she's a human being and being human's hard on the boulevard. Like, I was like, that just capsulates how I look at life. Wow. <laughs> well, women related issues, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Good list, man. Good list. So, uh, my list is pretty pedestrian. Um, nah, your list captures your personality perfectly. Oh, yeah. I mean, Perfect. Okay. <laughs> 
perfectly. <laughs> so, so we'll start with um, probably the I would say the shock of the list. You know, walking on sunshine. You know, Ag and I like the same song, and 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 for me, I mean, just like for him, you know, it's just like, yo, life is just being you, doing you, enjoying life. If you're out here stressing all day, that's a you problem. You need to take that crap for yourself. I ain't got time for that. Um, and I'd just rather be happy than anything else. I'd rather, I mean, don't get it twisted. I don't want to be poor or nothing, but happiness is my main life. That is it. If I'm not happy by myself with somebody else, if I'm not happy, the world sucks. And I never want the world to suck. So I'm just all about being happy. And I've got to be able to find happiness in anything. So, um, and walking on sunshine by Katrina and the waves, one hit wonder. But like AG said, if you can't tap your feet listening to that song, you dead inside. It's just what it is. And one hit wonder, but they made their money because that song been in so many commercials. Oh and yeah, everything. Else. <laughs> Look oh, who's yeah. talking. Look who's talking. That's the song, <laughs> man. Things everywhere. Yes, sir. Um. So of course, my music genre is very different than the other two um i'm a pop kid yes um <laughs> as long as you love me by backstreet boys because in my it literally in my world of worlds look man if we together we together and as long as you love me for me i'm gonna love you for you and that's it you know i don't care what you did in the past if i got over that i'm over it i don't care I'm just, I'm all about the heart, man. And yes, I'm probably a hopeless romantic, all that craziness. That but, phrase is exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, your list is the list of a hopeless romantic. And yeah. You're not wrong with it, but like, I, I, I looked, so I was like, man, that's that's so him. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I just love. I, I want to love. I want to, I, I feel like if I could have a half relationship as AG and his wife's got, life is beautiful for me. You know, and I strive every day for it. Um, my next one is Old School Love with Luke Fiasco and Ed Sheeran. Fire. Same same thing. Fire. A lot you of people know. don't even know that song. I saw that, I was like, bro, I didn't even know you knew about that song. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, same thing. It's it's all about, you know, just being just loving somebody and just loving somebody. And that's it. As Lu- as Lupe say that in that song, that old that that late eighties, early nineties kind right. of love. Yeah, <laughs> I caught that and I was like, for real, for real, yo. I feel that so loving old. basketball love. That's what I'm talking about. That late eighties, early nineties, yeah. old school love. Yeah, that's that's yo man. That is so. I'm you know I'm a cancer, so you know emotional is my bag. It's just what it is. Um, high hopes, not Drake. <laughs> <laughs> High hopes by Panic at the Disco. You know, once again, look, get it done. If that's what you want to do, you can do what you want to do. You know, I'm yeah. As people who know me, super positive, super emotional, positively. You know, I can't watch. I can't watch certain movies because I cry. It's terrible. It's the worst crap. Hey man, ever. this this whole podcast thing we on is an example of your optimism and like the high hope song. Like when I heard yeah. it, I was like, yeah, that's. True. <laughs> true. I mean, yeah, it's just one of those things, man. It's just like one day I'm gonna make it, and 
your your definition of making it is different from mine. But as long as I make it with my definition of making it, your boy's good. And that's just the way I feel about it. Um, and then the last one, Groove is in the Heart with Delete, Delight, and Q-Tip. Yo, man. <laughs> Fire. I mean, there there's a part of me that wishes I was much older in the 70s to truly appreciate the late 70s music at that time in my life. And, you know, once again, Parliament Funkadelic, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire, you know. This song reminds me of that. And, you know, it's just, and they, just to hear Bootsy, groove is in the heart. You know, just just to hear Bootsy Collins yo, just reminds me, just brings back. Bo- Bootsy, my man, yo. Yeah, I just want to, <laughs> like, literally, man, I hear that, and I and I, the next song I want to hear is September. <laughs> and then next song I want to hear is Boogie Wonderland. And it's just like, ah, I want to hear all this old stuff. And it's just like, it just puts me in such a positive place. Because when it's all said and done, in my heart of hearts and in my world of worlds, I feel like all worlds should be that positive. I can't do it by myself, but I can at least make sure that my little corner of the world is that positive. And that's what I do. So that's my five. Nice list. You know, so yeah. I think everybody's list was pretty good. Um, You know, so... I mean, more importantly, I think everybody's list kind of captures who they who they are, and that was the point. Like, I thought it would be a challenge to be like, "Hey, just find five songs that describe you." Like, if a complete stranger didn't know anything about you, hey, listen to these five songs, and you'll get a piece of me. Yeah, that's it. Um, and you know, <laughs> "Stan Bush Dare" by Kbiaka. I don't know who that is, but I'm gonna listen to it now. Dare to be all you can be. Hey, that's a nice statement. You know, Optimus is his man's as well. Yeah, I know that. Um, and that's Optimus Prime, by the way. So, you know, that was a good my five. I hope the people who listen to this show learn a little bit more about us. So, AG, what's left on your mind, bro? Okay. Um, this is all sparked by a movie that my wife and I watched the other week. Um, the United States versus Billie Holiday. And if you haven't seen it, I don't care what color you are. If you haven't seen it and you got a heart, you need to watch it. It's off the chain. But apparently racism is 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 legal in this country. And I know we all know that. But sometimes you have them damn moments. It's like, for real? And I'm watching this and the movie starts out with the fact that in the late 20s, uh, 30s and 40s, legislation was on the floor to end lynching. Not civil rights, just lynching. Which is civil rights but it's so fundamental. I don't even want to call it a civil war. And none of them passed. None of them ever got past uh, Congress. And then at the end of the movie, 2018, the same type of legislation all-encompassing was put on the floor, passed the House, and failed to pass the Senate. We haven't gone anywhere at all. And then... The next day, I hear an argument was brought to the Supreme Court to justify the continued suppression of the vote. Because apparently the GOP can't win if they can't suppress the vote. So now what you're telling me is not only can you legally lynch someone, as far as the law goes, but we can also 
take an argument that's against the law in some ways to the Supreme Court so a party can win an election. And now you're not even talking about black people. Now you're talking about collateral damage to everyone so you can suppress the vote. And it dawned on me, I'm like, as much as I feel like this can't be happening, this is happening, folks. Be on your P's and Q's, dot all your I's and cross all your T's because they're coming to get you. They will not stop until you have no power, until they can do and say what they want to say and not get canceled or talked to. This is going on. It's always going to go on. And these two things are just one, you know, two items of, you know, of, of many that are still happening. And apparently it's all public. So just understand that, folks, racism is alive and well and most of all legal. That's what I got. Very strong message from AG. Hey, y'all. You know, just watch yourselves, you know. Um, Moby, what you got? What's on your mind? Well, um, over the weekend, um, as I do most weekends, uh, I went and saw my grandma. And um, I realized that um, I'm really a, a big proponent of, like, studying history. Um, my, my daughter was going over the American Revolution, and they were talking about, you know, Abraham, she, she, and then she told me Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves, and that, like, killed a part of my soul, because I was just like, they're still preaching that. So, like, I, I went on my high horse, and, and, you know, I'm I'm telling her all the history lessons and everything, and then I realized that um, the most important piece of history that I feel like we're, we're missing is our own history. Um, you know, if, if you have people in your family that have actually seen things and were there when things were happening, like we really need to tap into that. Um, I spent the weekend literally looking at like old pictures and asking my grandma about stuff that was going on, you know, while my daughter was there. And like, I realized that we've lost, we've lost community because we've lost our own personal history. We've lost our community in, in a sense because we don't have community within our community. Um, you know, I pulled this picture up. You know, yeah, that's me, my, the old school posse from the AP Hill Elementary Rec Center. <laughs> yeah, you see that fly denim with the crease? With the crease? <laughs> wow. Well, you couldn't tell me nothing. But we all knew you was fly, though. We all knew you was. Yeah, you couldn't tell on, me man. nothing in that. <laughs> but but I put this up there because like like this is this is where I'm from. Like you know, my my daughters aren't necessarily aware of everything that happened to me. So like, how can I be mad when I'm letting other people teach her the history of us when I'm not teaching the history of us when I'm not teaching her her history? of who she is and where she came from so i say that to say you know what's on my mind is like we as a people and i'm not even just talking about black people i'm just talking about people in general we as a people need to do a better job of like keeping our own history alive verbally um spiritually you know actually if you actually have those people in your life we just need to do a better job of actually passing down lessons and and life and information because 
we get all our information from a phone now and then i get mad at people for being shallow because we get all our information from social media but that's our fault we we have it instilled any other baseline place for people to get information so yeah man know your own history man like study people in your family ask people about your history before we go attacking everybody else for telling the story of history that's all i got man nice i like it i like i like the message you know definitely so what's on my mind is i want to get a shout out today um you know um one of my one of my good friends um partner back in the day of legacy internet radio marcus marcus j um you know on in january he shut down the den and he put his show on hiatus you know um however tomorrow on monday monday the 8th because i don't know dates monday the 8th the show's coming back um ain't no half step with marcus j is coming back on LegacyInternetRadio.com. What I want everybody to do, if you're listening, go to LegacyInternetRadio.com tomorrow, 7 o'clock. Tune in. You know, he's been he's been highest for two months. But, yo, that's, like, where I got myself back into wanting to do radio. And now, you know, that podcast came from that because I wanted to do some stuff like that. So... Legacy in www.legacyinnetradio.com. Ain't no half stepping with Marcus J. I would like everybody to tune in, show him some love. I mean, he has an awesome show, and I'm glad that he's back on the air because we miss him and we're glad that he's back. And once again, if you're listening to me, brother, I'm glad you're back on. The, I'm glad you're getting back on the air tomorrow. You know, always holler at me when you need me. But yes, um, Marcus J is getting back on the air with his show. Ain't no half step with Marcus J. And you can find that www.legacyinternetradio.com. And everyone should check it out. If you check it out, you're missing out. If you ain't checking it out, you're missing out. That's what it is. Agreed. So, Love that show. Yeah, co-sign on that. So, um, other than that, you know, I think it was I think we had an excellent show today, gentlemen. Um, I'm glad that we gotta give a little piece of ourselves to our to our our crew out there. I'm glad that, you know, we talked about a couple of important things next week. Of course, we're back every Sunday, nine o'clock. Look at the bottom. Of course, I got to make sure I get my right finger. That's that's our Twitter and IG, if you have it. And at the bottom, way at the bottom, um, check us out. Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can hit me up on an email if you got a question. Twitch, YouTube, YouTube pages went up today. So, um, definitely, definitely check us out. Tell a friend. Thank you for listening. Thank you, AG. Thank you, Mo B. Awesome show. We will see you next Sunday, 9 p.m. Yes, remember, spring forward. So, take it easy. We out. Stay safe out there. You can send any questions or comments to FIVE Minute Warning 19 at gmail.com. The 5-Minute Warning can now be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Breaker, Google Podcast, and Radio Public. Share, like, subscribe.
listening to the 5-Minute Warning with Ruben Brown. Search 5-Minute Warning on the Spotify app. Peace. Stay safe out there.